God's people with your host, Dennis Beard. God's doing a new thing. It's a new wine and a new season. To those that have an ear to hear, we'll be the ones that enter into it. Our glory, definitely not Pentecost. And that's the thing. Former rain, wonderful. It's a moderate rain. Now he's going to cause to come down the last great rain of his strength and revealing his glory in and through the body of Christ in the work of the ministry. When we see in Daniel 8, the transgression of desolation. It's the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet because of transgressions, because we have turned away from the one true God and hewed out cisterns that can hold no water, clouds with no rain, trees plucked up by the roots, and a Trinity gospel. When there's never been a triune God, it's always been one. Well, somebody say, well, it's one God, but three persons. That's where we miss it. There's only one God and one person. And Jesus is that person. He's the express image of that singular person. And Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen Father, because we've left that. We left our first love. Then God's going to do a work to bring us back into the truth so that we will be saved rather than be lost. So it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not the revelation of the Antichrist. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty God. We find it in Revelation 1.8. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty. The Son of God is the Almighty God. It's just the Son of God is the Father revealed where the Father is invisible spirit and can't be seen. You're going to heaven, I'm there. You're going to hell, I'm there. Where's the house you'll build me, David? Well, the image of it, so you can see him, to manifest him. God was manifest in the flesh. He wasn't manifest in an angel. He's manifest in the flesh. And we find that mystery of godliness in 1 Timothy 3.16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, the God life. For God was manifest in the flesh. Not God, Jr., not a second person of the Godhead. God himself was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the spirit, seen of angels. Preaching to the Gentiles, believed on in the world received up into glory. Well, that's flesh. Then that flesh, that man, Christ Jesus, he said, I and my Father are one. We're one in the same spirit. John 10, 30. They asked him, where is your Father? Jesus said, if you'd have known me, you'd have known my Father. And he goes on and says in John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he, the Father, you shall die in your sins. That's very profound. So, in Hosea 6, come and let us return to the Lord. Revelation 2, 1, Ephesus, you have left your first love. Repent and do your first works over, lest I come and move the candlestick out of its place. But God's mercy is still reaching out, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And that is the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, it's the last book in the Word of God, the Bible, 
it is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things. Those are the things of faith, which must shortly come to pass. Why? It's going to reveal Jesus and Jesus only, the only true God in eternal life and no second person of the Godhead. Now, with that said, many are coming to that truth now, coming out of these various Trinitarian organizations, coming out of fundamentalist organizations that have believed in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, rather than the Son of God, who is the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. And it's essential for salvation, as Jesus stated it. With that said, then we have to number these things. We have to be a discerner of the Word of God. It has to be revealed by the Holy Ghost. The natural mind cannot receive these things. Only he that is spiritually minded has their affections set upon the things above, not on the things beneath. And those are the ones that God is going to use in the last days in the latter reign of the Holy Ghost. And Daniel 8, he talks about the transgression of desolation, this desolation, this abomination of desolation that make it desolate is because of transgression. The curse causeless will not come. Your own ways have procured these things unto you. The more we pull away from God, the more that he will try to get our attention, and it's through judgments. All God's ways are judgment. And in the last days, he will do a work, a strange work, and bring to pass his act, his strange act. Judgment will be laid to the line and righteous, righteousness to the plummet. Not to destroy mankind, but that mankind will return to him and truth and justification by faith and final ultimate glorification. Our vile bodies being fashioned like unto his glorious body, whereby he's able to subdue all things unto himself. We're living in the last of the last days. And evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse. But the people that do know their God, even in these troublous times, will be strong and do exploits. As we take a look at Daniel 8, we find there's a saint and a certain saint. And in verse 12 of Daniel 8, and a host was given him against that daily sacrifice by reason of transgression. Because we've transgressed against God. We provoked him to anger. This indignation will be accomplished. And he says to his people, to his people, hide my people a little while. Enter into thy chambers the priest chambers that you have prepared in the word of God, in your sealing, being sealed with the Holy Ghost, with that spirit of promise, until you receive the promised possession. Enter into thy chambers, your chambers, the priest chambers, until the indignation be overpassed. And God said, mine anger ends in their destruction, not the people of God's destruction, but the ones that's against God, the wicked will be destroyed in destruction. 
and that determined will be poured upon the desolate, the ones that do not have God. So that is that abomination of desolation because of transgression. Then he says, it cast down the truth to the ground. Now you can't destroy the truth, but this Antichrist will cast it to the ground. And the Antichrist, which is already in the world now, saying that Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh, which is the spirit of Antichrist, which is already in the world, John said in his epistle, 1 John 4. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, present imperfect tense, present, he's still doing it, imperfect because it hasn't been perfected yet, still happening. The Gentiles are still being saved, being grafted in, wild out of branches, into that branch, the Lord Jesus Christ, that vine. He's the vine, we're the branches. But we stand by faith. And blindness in part has happened to Israel, national Israel, and till the fullness of the Gentiles be come in, and then all Israel will be saved. National Israel will be saved in one day. And nation will be brought forth at once. As soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. But until then, there is the reigning of Jesus Christ. He must reign until all things are put in under his feet. We're the feet generation. And right now, as we see in the word of God, <clears throat> that transgression of desolation is because of transgression. We've left our first love. We have gone to a Trinity God, which the apostles, the book of Acts, never knew. Jesus himself said, the greatest commandment of all in Mark 12, 29, when asked of the scribe, what's the greatest commandment, the first commandment, the dominant commandment of all, Mark 12, 29. Jesus said, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and might. And the second is likened to it, love your neighbor as yourself. From these two hang all the law and the prophets. That's very simple. But yet, straight is the gate and narrow the way that leadeth to life, few there be that find it. Because we have hewed out cisterns that hold no water. It's the tradition of the elders that's made the word of God a none effect. We have these cunningly devised fables that there's somehow a trinity in three persons up there talking with each other, and there's nowhere in the word of God that that is stated. It's totally unbiblical. God is one. That's the greatest commandment of all. And that is the frontlets to your eyes. You put it upon the doorpost. You say it when you lay down and, and when you get up in the morning. Deuteronomy 6, 4. In the morning, in the evening, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And that is one means one, not two, not three, not some mysterious, something that you can't have a relationship and understand because God said, I want you to understand. I want you to believe me. He said in Isaiah 43, 10, Thus saith the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, the self-existent eternal Spirit of God, Thus saith the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the, in spirit, the invisible spirit of God that is everywhere, omnipresent. 
omniscient, all-knowing, and omnipotent, all-powerful, the Almighty, and uh, that he is that blessed and only potentate who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. And the Lord is revealing that now. And the Lord, Jesus Christ himself, in the last book of the Bible, the Word of God, is to reveal Jesus Christ. The, the Lord himself saying there's only one. And the devils say, we know thee who thou art, Jesus. We know who you are. You're the Holy One of Israel. The Lord stated it was one. All the apostles stated there was only one God. And the Son of God is that Father revealed. He is the Christ, which is that Spirit. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Son. Christ is that Spirit revealed in whatever office of the Spirit there is. And that's the reason in 1 John 2.22. Who is a liar, but he didn't deny it, that Jesus is the Christ. Christ is the Spirit. But he's also the Spirit manifest. He's also that spirit in the kingdom office of the, of the Son of Man. It's only one spirit, regardless of what office or what function of the spirit there is. Father, he's that spirit. Christ is that spirit. He is the creator of all things. Who is that? Jesus Christ. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. All things were made by him, for him, and for his good pleasure. Whether it be things visible, invisible, thrones, principalities, powers, all things were made by him, Jesus Christ. He is the word. But the word back then, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The heaven and the earth? Yes. Bereshit Barah Elohim ate aloft through the top. That's Jesus. That's the spirit and all his attributes from A to Z. What did he create? Bereshit, in the beginning, Barah created Elohim that in plural of the attributes of God. That's the reason why the attributes make up but one God. And as always, when speaking of God, Elohim is used with a singular verb tense. Elohim is Jehovah. That's it. Bereshit brought Elohim eight, aloft tav. The aloft to the tav is the Hebrew, aleph bet, the ABC theory. That means that Jesus is the Elop to the Bet, the Daleth, all the way Gamal, all the way to the Tav. He's every letter, every attribute, every letter of that Hebrew abecedary stands for an attribute of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is all he claimed all in Revelation 1.8. I am Alpha and Omega, Greek. English, I am A through the Z. Or Hebrew, I'm the lot through the top. I'm everything that God is from A to Z, regardless of whatever it is. The Word is made up of those letters. And the Word is the everlasting God. You can't write a word without knowing the letters. You've got to know the letters. The letters, each one, have their own attribute, their own number, and their own meaning and picture, but it's all Jesus. It's Christ. 
So he's a, who's a liar, but he did not, that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that hath denied both the Father, why? Because Christ is the Father, he is that Spirit, and the Son. Why? Because the Son is the Father revealed. The Son is just that Spirit revealed, that's all. He is the Father. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The words that I speak are not mine. The Father dwelling in me, he's the one doing the works. Believe me, for the work's sake. All the healing the sick, cleaning the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, opening blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, the lame walk, cafe going free. Blessed is he whom so is not offended in me. And Jesus said, if you don't believe me, believe me for the work's sake. It's the Father that's dwelling in me, housing permanently in me forever. Eternal world without end. He's the one doing the works. Not me. I can to my own self do nothing. It's him. He's revealing God. He's revealing the everlasting Father. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Why? Because he is the manifest God. The visible manifest God. And there's not another. First Timothy 3.16. Even the prophets all stated that. Isaiah 43.10, Thus saith the Lord, that is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, and my servant, whom I have chosen. Whom I have chosen? Sounds like there's two. He chooses somebody. And that servant sounds like it's different from him. And that's what most of the ecclesiastes, uh, the priesthood, the ecumenical councils, the synods done in 325 A.D. under Constantine, that's what they thought. But it was an error. God's bringing us back on track before his second coming to those that have an ear to hear. And he said it there in Isaiah 43, 10. Many other places in Isaiah 9, 5, Isaiah 9, 6, all over, so many different places. But it's very simple in Isaiah 43, 10. Thus saith the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, that is the invisible spirit of God. That's everywhere. Omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. And my servant whom I have chosen. Sounds like there's two. That you may know. You have to have knowledge of it. May know. And believe me. Believe God. Not the bishop so-and-so apostle. Or prophet or whoever else. Or denominational doctrines of dogmas. Of their apologetics. Believe me, Jesus said that you may know and believe me and understand this, that I am he. The Lord is that servant. That invisible spirit is that manifest man, Jesus Christ. And he goes on and tells us how he did it. Before me, there was no God formed. God formed himself a body of flesh and blood. Neither shall there be any after me. See now that I... Even I am God, thy Savior. I am he. I'm God, thy Savior, the Lord, thy Redeemer. Who's our Redeemer? Who's our Savior? The Lord Jesus. And he is that servant, which is the Lord. He says, I am he. That's me. Not separate, not divided, but am. I am he. Now you're on that right track. For the greatest move of God this world's ever seen before the second advent, the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
when he comes for the salvation of his saints. Without sin, for the salvation of his saints. And that's where we're at now. That's where we are in present truth. Restoring back that revelation of Jesus. Then he's going to carry us out into full perfection. But first we have to have that foundational truth. That he is God. He that cometh to the Lord Jesus. Cometh to God. Must believe that he is. That he is what? That he is God. And a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, not them, him. And when you diligently seek the Lord with all your heart, in that day you'll find him. So we challenge you. And I was in a Trinitarian church, raised in one. And when I sought the Lord with all my heart, knowing I had a call in my life, was very, very uh, important that know the truth. If you're going to preach something, you have to preach the truth. And sought for the Lord with all my heart. Then it revealed, no, the tradition of the elders have made the word of God in none effect. There's only one. And then he'll give you the revelation of how he is one. He formed himself a body of flesh and blood. During that time, and under the law, he, even in his own body of flesh and blood, the law was still a wall, a wall that literally was an enemy between God and man. It was a wall of partition. It parted God from all mankind. But God had become a man. God had taken on the form of a servant, made in the likeness of man, being found in fashion as a man. But the man is still under the law. And under the law still means the law has still divided the spirit of God that he is from the body that he has formed, and he is going to work salvation. In and of himself alone, God literally fulfilling his own law in his own body of flesh and blood and take the ordinances of that law, being tempted at all points, like as we are yet without sin, fulfilling that law, then takes the ordinances of that law, nails it to his cross, breaks down the middle wall of partition. That the spirit that he is, God, in the body of the flesh and blood as a man, he made in himself by taking the ordinances of that law, nailing it to his cross, breaking down the middle wall of partition, thereby making peace and one new man. God did it himself. How did he do it? Well, that man, Jesus Christ, in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, is now made a quickening spirit. The Lord is that spirit. 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Who is that spirit? The Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus is that spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, the Holy Ghost in you, Christ in you, that's Jesus in you. That's the Father in you. That's one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is above all, Father of us all, and in us all, which is the spirit of his Son. Galatians 4, 6, which is whereby we cry, Abba, Father, one and the same. Spirit of the Son, Spirit of the Father, 
one and the same. Spirit of Christ is that spirit. Christ is that spirit. Son of God is that spirit. Father is that spirit. Word is that spirit. Holy Ghost is that spirit. Different functions and offices, yes, but it's still the same spirit. And regardless if it's aloft to the top, regardless of what function it is, it's still Christ the Spirit. So therefore, we are to return back to the Lord our God and this revelation of Jesus, which very few have, but will, will be counted as a forest, even nations, whole nations, being saved, coming into that revelation of Jesus Christ. How's he going to do it? He's going to do it by judgment. All God's ways are judgments. And he's going to lay judgment to the line, righteousness to the plummet, that he may reveal the height, depth, length, and width of Christ. And we'll know who he is because it will be the revelation of Jesus Christ. Well, sure, there'll be judgment. And the judgments are there to reveal who he is, not to destroy us, but to reveal that he is God. He's the one that tears. He's the one that heals. He's the one that smites us. He's the one that will bind us up. I mean, well, I didn't know that. Well, Hosea 6, verse 1 through 4 says it's it's him. Deuteronomy 32, God says, I kill, I make alive. I wound, I heal. I cause it to rain on one city and not on another. He said, I shall there be evil in the city, and I, the Lord God, have not done it. He is the Lord that does it all. He rules in the affairs of men. That's the providence of God and his sovereignty. He is God. And there in Hosea 6, come and let us return to the Lord. He's kind to get us to return to the true God, Jesus Christ, and eternal life. Not a trinity, not a binitarian tunis, not a oneness. That the man is God, that's a Jesus-only doctrine, the blessed and only potentate, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no other man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. 1 Timothy 6, 15, 16. He's doing it now. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ, that he is God, the Almighty. Revelation 1, 8. And those that receive that will grow up into him in all things of faith, and they will not be tossed to and fro by everyone of doctrine. We're in those days now when we're in the last days, the last of the last days. And the Lord is preparing his body now for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of the Christ. That edifying of the body of Christ, building it up bone to bone, in whichever joint supplies for the edifying of itself in love. And to the unity of the faith, and to the knowledge of the Son of God. That's a pure mirror image of Jesus. It's not gnosko, just knowing Jesus after the Spirit and not after the flesh. It is knowing Jesus in fullness of in fullness of his majesty and power, in the fullness of all things, in the fullness of all truth. The Holy Ghost leading us and guiding us into all truth, not partial truth, because it's face to face then. We will know even as we're known of him. Unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, God's doing it now. We have to be able to count and number these things. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, the Almighty God, is come in the flesh, the Father, 
the Holy Ghost, Jesus in you, is of God. Any spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ, that spirit, the Father of glory, the spirit Christ himself, is not come in the flesh, is not of God. It's that spirit of Antichrist. If you say the Son of God's come in the flesh, we've missed it. If we say he's the second person of the Godhead, we've missed it. If we say he's a trinity, we've missed it. And John told us that. He did it in Revelation 16, 13. John saw it. He saw where we were in the last days. He said, I saw three, a trinity, unclean spirits like frogs. Spirits of devils working miracles, working miracles. Yeah, God said, I'd send you strong delusion. And you believe a lie and be damned because you foresee not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Well, that's unrighteousness. What is righteousness? Obedience unto righteousness is that he is God and there's not another. You'll find that in John 16. He said the Holy Ghost is going to reprove the world of sin of righteousness. And we have to be obedient unto righteousness, to that revelation of Jesus and to a full image of Jesus Christ. And that's Romans 5. Grace reigns through righteousness. Without righteousness, there is no grace. 1 Peter 1, grace comes to us at the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's all in him, by him, and through him. And if we don't have the revelation, there is no grace. Because grace reigns, not alone. Grace reigns through something, through righteousness. Romans 5. Romans 6, whosoever you yield your members and servants to obey, him of the servants to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death. That's to be carnally minded. You have the Spirit of God. You have the Holy Spirit. You just don't obey it. We don't give him the glory due to his name. We don't call him Lord Jehovah God Almighty. We call him Lord as Master, but not Lord Jehovah. And no man can call him Lord Jehovah. God Almighty, except by the Holy Ghost. And that's what he's doing now, correcting us. So we will not be lost. Thank God for his grace and his mercy. Endureth forever. Well, there at that time, we will see a great move of God back to the truth. A great restoration back to the one God, revelation of Jesus Christ, just as he said it would be in the book of the Revelation. Now, many of the wicked will not turn back to God, even when they see the judgments of God, and yet they will still blaspheme God and his name and curse God, not turning from their wicked ways. But many will turn and see that it is God and give him the glory and honor due unto his name. Jehovah is salvation. Jesus, he is the Lord Jehovah. So Hosea 6, come and let us return to the Lord, the true Lord. Not some denominational Lord, not some denominational doctrines and, and catechisms and apologetics and uh, these dis different chisms that we have, these different heresies that we have. What it all claiming to be the truth. There's no one that's going to not be sincere in what they're saying and believe in what they're doing. No man's going to get behind a pulpit and say, hey, I want you to know I'm a liar and a cheat. But 
the Lord himself will bear witness with signs, never miracles and wonders and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. But you see what makes it so complicated. He said, these are three unclean from Revelation 16, 13. There's a trinity there. There's three unclean spirits like frogs. They're spirits of devils working miracles. Working miracles, yes. Faith, but not in the true Lord Jesus Christ. Well, he said, it's coming out of the mouth of the dragon. A dragon's a false father. Out of the mouth of the beast. That's a false son. And out of the mouth of the false prophet. That's a false Holy Ghost. These three, they are a trinity, but they're separate. Dragon, beast, false prophet. And the beast is the son of God manifest in the flesh. Not the father. The son of God manifest in the flesh. Saying a second person of the Godhead came in flesh. That's a beast. It's scarlet colored. The mystery of Babylon, the great the mother of hearts, abomination of the earth. All capital letters, all bold print in Revelation 17, saying it's God, showing itself to be deity. Said, I said a queen, I am no widow. I'll see no sorrow, have no tribulation or trouble. Rides upon the scarlet colored beast. That's her doctrine. That's her mobility. That's what she believes. She rides upon a scarlet-colored beast that had the daily one who was healed. All the world wondered after the beast. They're made drunk with the wine of her fornication. And they made an image to the beast, not an image to the Father. Jesus' image of the, the express image of the Father of his singular person, Hebrews 1, verse 1 through 3. Take a look at it. Read. Search the other book and read. Not one of these things have failed. Search the scriptures in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they that testify of me, not of us, of me. God's changing of those that are truly seeking God in truth to the real Jesus. And he is going to manifest his power, his kingdom through them the ones that have an ear to hear, and move on it and stand for the real God and eternal life. But it's going to take coming out and denying false doctrine, denying seducing spirits, denying doctrines of devils, or man-made doctrine. When you see in Hebrews 12 that God has promised yet once more, he's not going to shake the earth only, like he did in the days of Moses and the, and the exodus of Israel from Egypt. Not going to do that again. And in that time, he shook the earth. He descended upon the Mount Sinai, and it smoked and burned with fire. And the voice of God as, th- as a trumpet thunder grew louder and louder. The people were exceedingly, exceedingly in terror. Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. They said, Moses, we don't want to hear this sound lest we die. You hear God and bring it to us. Well, the Lord, even though how great a deliverance that was, is going to do a far, far, far greater thing than that. And what did, did not happen in Pentecost, the embryonic church in Acts 2. At the beginning of a great move of God in a moderate reign, the former reign, 
but now he has promised. Yet once more, one more time, I shake not only the earth as I did in the days of Moses when my people brought up out of the land of Egypt. I'm not going to do that. Yet once more, I shake not only the earth like I did then, but I'm going to also shake heaven. Oh my, who can shake heaven? Is that some kind of nuclear blast? As some say, well, at uh, the earthquakes, there will be some kind of nuclear warfare in the last days. No, it'll be God himself. God himself will shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Why? That all that can be shaken may be removed as of things that are made. Every man-made doctrine, every man-made invention, every man-made thing that lifts up the glory of man will be destroyed, removed. So that those things which cannot be shaken, we we are trees planted by the water, which cannot be moved. That those things that cannot be shaken, what things? The things of faith. Faith is the substance of things, so far. The evidence of things not seen. And the ones that have those things, uh, that those things that cannot be shaken, that have that faith that was once delivered to the saints, that those things that cannot be shaken may remain. That's the remnant of her seed. The woman's seed that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Keep the commandments of God are those that love him and have the testimony of Jesus is the faith that was once delivered to the saints in all truth, not partial truth, all truth. And you know all things and you know all truth and no lies of the truth. That is, you have an unction from the Holy One. You have no need that any man teach you. This is the unction of the Holy Ghost the true God and eternal life, the power of God that you can feel leading you, guiding you, and hear that voice of God, not through some denomination or some pastor that said you felt goosebumps, but you'll know the voice of God, a leading in the power of the Holy Ghost. You'll learn his voice and know that voice of God. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Stranger, they will not follow. God's doing it now. He's doing it right now. And in Hosea 6, he said, now we're returned. Come and let us return to the Lord, the real true God, the real Jesus, the real Messiah, the real Savior of the world. Not a two, not a two-ness, not a trinity, not a oneness. The real Savior, the one and only Savior, the one and only true God in eternal life. Jesus Christ. Come and let us return to the Lord. For he hath torn. He did it? Yes. Why? To get our attention. We're going the wrong way. He doesn't want us to die and be literally condemned by the world. So he takes a chastening rod and we're afflicted. Not to destroy us, but that so we will not be condemned by the world. Consider our ways and repent. And when we do, he'll heal us. He said that. The Lord hath torn, and he will heal us. He has smitten. 
the Lord smote us in various ways to get our attention. And I will bind you up. I'm not trying to destroy you. I'm trying to save you. That's what the Lord's doing. Then he said, if after the second day, after the second day, well, a day with the Lord's a thousand years, thousand years is a day, so it's two days, so it's two thousand years. We're already in the third day. But after the second day, I will revive you. We've had many revivals, wonderful revivals, moderates, rains. The Lord did give a rain on one city and not on another. That was wonderful. But now, in these last days, is going to be the last great rain of his strength. In the third day, we're in the third day now. And in that third day, I will raise you up and you will live in my sight face to face. Seeing the glory of God. If we follow him to know the Lord, he is going forth. Not there. He is going forth. He is prepared as the morning. That's that morning star. And he will come to us, the parousia. He will come to us as the rain, not the rapture. The rapture will certainly happen, but not, not before. All things are restored. And there the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution or restoration of all things, all things of faith, until we come into all faith, into all things, growing up in him in all things. So we can be presented to Jesus, a blameless, spotless, blameless church without spot or blemish. He's not coming back for a church that's divided. This one says that and that, but we're all going to heaven. No, we're not. Anybody says that really is a hired harling. They're after your money. They're not after your soul. They're after your money. Paul said, we're not after your, yours. We're after you. We're trying to get you. That's our job, to bring you the truth. Paul said, because I am I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? To the world you are, you're an enemy of the world. If you were the world, the world would love you. But because you're not of the world. Well, you can go on various TV shows, shows and all this hoopla about, oh, this preacher said this and that one, that, and everybody's going to heaven. Oh, that's wonderful. You can pat yourself on the back, but it's not the truth, and it's a lie, and you'll receive the last end of your reward, which is, if we're not knowing him, that he is the glory. He is the Father. He is the God Almighty. Jesus said you'll die in your sins. If you don't believe he is the Father, he said in John 8, 24, you shall die in your sins. Somebody said, well, I don't like that. Well, then you're sided with the world. And those that love the world, and all the things in the world, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh. And the world passed away with the lust thereof. And you will pass away with it. And those that, but whosoever doeth the will of God shall abide forever. How do you do the will of God? You crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. All that the soul lusted after. All are in Babylon. And Babylon reigns. It's on TV. It's on big, big, big ministries. Lots of money. Jet airplanes flying across the world. And the whole world is drunk with the wine of our fornication. 
but there's those that you've never heard of. Dwelling in a cave somewhere, going about in sheepskins and goatskins, of whom the world is not worthy. Those are the ones that God will lift up in the day to reveal his name, to reveal his glory, to reveal his kingdom. Those are the ones that have forsaken all, given up all to follow Jesus. Jesus said, except a man forsaketh all that he hath, not get, 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 but forsaketh all that he hath, cannot be my disciple. These will be the sold out ones. These are the ones that save their They'll count their life as nothing. Whosoever will seek to save his life will lose it. Whosoever will seek to will give his life, he whosoever will lose that, that give it, will lose his life. For the sake of the gospel, the same shall find it. It's whatever you want to do. And all this wants to, you can have the world and you can have Jesus too. That's a lie. You can't serve God and mammon. You'll either love the one and despise the other, a hold of the one and hate the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Jesus stated that. So what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Shall he give the fruit of the body for the sin of his soul? What does a man gain if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? The grounds of a rich man brought forth plentifully. Good businessman. God had blessed him. He said, I know what I'll do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater. Mm. Well, that's a good businessman. Somebody said, well, he hadn't done anything wrong. He hadn't lied, cheated. He hadn't stole. He hadn't shot anybody. He hadn't murdered anybody. He's doing his own thing. That's true. He's doing his own thing his way. You know, I did it my way. That man did it his way. But we find that Jesus said he pulled down his barns. He built greater. Then he said, so, eat, drink, take thine ease. Thou hast much good stored up for many years. Somebody said, well, that's great. Got a great retirement plan. 401k pension profit sharing. He's got a stock bond portfolio. He is, he's got it made. May have an, ex, uh, you know, an extra uh, lake, lake house. May even have a yacht or two. Might even have a Ranger helicopter to avoid the traffic. <laughs> and the world will applause that. When a man uh, does his flesh good, the world, uh, the what, whatsoever, is uh, commendable in the eyes of the world, which is called great in the eyes of man, is an abomination to God. A man's life does not consist of the things which he possesses well at this man that had built uh, greater barns he pulled down those old barns and built greater he was expanding his business he thought he had it made going to church giving tithes but he said so take thine ease Woe be unto them that are at ease in Zion. You got to be stirred up. You got to grab hold of the hope. You have to be diligent in these things, circumspect in all matter. And when he did, so take thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry, for thou hast much goods stored up 
for many years. Watch that storing up. Then that night, a voice came from heaven that night. Well, work while it's day for the night cometh. It's the time of judgment. It's a time of snow in winter. It's a time of tribulation. And when that night came, a voice came from heaven and said, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Oh, my goodness. Surely not. Oh, yes. So is he that is rich toward self and not rich toward God. Now, that's a very simple thing to do. Make a T on a piece of paper. Put what you're giving to God over here and what you're giving to man over there for yourself. If you're heavier on one side and the other, you can see how God's going to judge because that's what he said. So is he that is rich toward self and not rich toward God. You cannot give God. So what are we saying? If we don't have the revelation and do what he says, then we don't love God because he said that he that loveth God keepeth his commandments. One of the commandments is sell that you have, give alms. Luke 12, provide for yourself treasures in the heavens where moth and rust is not corrupt and thieves do not break through and steal. Or your treasure is, there's your heart also. Then he goes and said, love your neighbors yourself. What? You know, pray for them to spitefully use you. Do good for the, to them that hate you. Now, he said, another commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I've loved you. Well, we see the love of God. 1 John three sixteen. hereby I perceive the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. He doesn't stop there. Therefore, we ought to lay down our lives for the brother. That's the love that he had for us. We should have for one another. And the last day body of Christ will do that. It will fulfill, the body of Christ will fulfill the law of Christ, bearing one another's burdens. So fulfilling the law of Christ. We're headed for the greatest move of God this world's ever seen. But it'll be the true God in eternal life. It will not be denominational backing and their theories of what God is, was, and will be. It'll be the true God in eternal life through those that do know him, and they will be strong. They will do exploits, exploitations, things that's never been done before. He'll confirm his word, and they'll be glorified in his saints. The former rain, cloven tongues of fire, appeared, and set on each one of them. They could see cloven tongues of fire set on them. What's the difference in the latter rain? He's going to turn his ministers into a flame of fire, not just cloven tongues of fire setting on you, into a flame of fire. And the word will come out of your mouth as proceeding word of God with fire proceeding out of their mouth. Not guns, not ammunition, not but somebody said, well, do you own any weapons? Absolutely not. None at all. I don't need it. All I'm going to do is believe God, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one. And that fire coming out of your mouth is a proceeding fire. That fire proceeded out of their mouth, and in this manner shall all be, get, be killed. That shall come after them. That will stand against them to destroy them. In this manner shall all be killed. Not by the individual, but by the fire, the Holy Ghost fire out of their mouth, standing against God and against his anointed. Oh, the greatest sign, the greatest work of the ministry that's ever been seen is going to happen, and it's happening now. 
God is preparing his body now for the greatest move of God, the work of the ministry, and that unity of the faith, the edifying of that body of Christ, and two, the real measure of the statue of Jesus Christ into a perfect man, which is the will of God from the foundation of the world. In Ephesians 1, he stated that the mystery of God's will from the foundation of the world, since he created all things, was one thing. To, to gather all things. Those are the things of faith. That's how he's going to do it. By faith, gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus. That is the unity of the faith, one mind, one accord, and one body of Christ with one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's above all, Father of us all, and in us all. There's your work, the work of the ministry. That's what you're called for. Right now, we're prepared. The DBM ministry, we've made many trips to Africa. Been going there since 2012. Now we're in 2021. Coronavirus is hit. Now the Lord is speaking that we are to carry this to your churches, to your area. We've got things already prepared, preparing for the road. We have Peterbilt trucks, 18 wheelers with gospel tents on them. Seat 3,000 people. We can seat 100 to 3,000. You want a revival at your church? You want this word there? Give us a call. Not only that, somebody said, we don't need a tent revival, just come to the church. Well, we'll do that too. We've got our own bus. We've got our, our motor homes. We come to your area. Be glad to do that. Why? Because it's time. It's time now for those that have an ear to hear. And will you stand for the truth? Will you make that choice? Somebody said, well, it's hard to make a change. You know, I've been here for, in this church for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Grandma and grandpa was in this church. I understand that. I made the same choice. And uh, we've had many try to take the ministry down. Those that live in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That goes with it. But if you love the word, the word, and you know the word, and you want that word and thirst after it, all those will be gathered into one, regardless of the naysayers, the devils, the ones that come against it. All the wicked in the world cannot stop it. They may cast truth to the ground, but they can't destroy it. Just as Paul said, we're troubled on every side, but not in distress. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted. We're not forsaken. We're cast down, but we're not destroyed. We're always bearing about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life of the Lord Jesus would be manifest in our mortal bodies. For we which live are always delivered unto death, that the life of our Lord Jesus may be made manifest in our mortal bodies. And this light affliction, which is only but for a moment, worketh for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Do you want that glory? Do you want the true Jesus? Or are you just satisfied with whatever the role of the church says and these ecumenical councils that's been given to us many hundreds of years ago, 325 A.D., Council of Nicaea, saying there's a trinity, 451 Chalcedonian definition, that the Son of God was begotten of the Father according to his Godhead before the foundation of the world, 
which is a total lie. Nowhere in the word of God that is saved that God begat a son in heaven. No, sir. That God spoke to the son, saying, son, go down and die for the sin of the world. No, sir. The ones that are seeking God in truth, diligently seeking him with the whole heart, they're going to find him. They're going to know his voice. They're going to come out, and they're going to be the ones that God uses in this last great day. Not revival, but the new thing, the great thing, Psalm 126, the great thing that God will do before the great terrible day of the Lord God. Be a part of it. We're ready for on the road. You want a meeting in your area? Give us a call. Write to me, Dennis Beard. We'd like to be one with you. like to meet you. like to shake your hand. like to be one in the gospel with you in the unity of the faith. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office, Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can send us a message or ask questions on our websites, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. Here again, we thank you for your prayerful support and your generous offerings by which we're able to keep this podcast over the air going to the nations. We want to thank you for that. And all your seeds sown there in your offerings, we pray over each one, 30, 60, 100 fold manifested uh, multiplied back to you for the work of the ministry that you can abound to every good work and God supplying not only the needs but the wants of the saints that give. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the real Jesus.